Hey there. So on today's episode of The Principle of the Thing, we're going to talk about Jim Inhofe. He is the strongest climate crisis denier in the Senate. So grab yourself a cup of tea because I'm about to spill it. case we have forgotten because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record i asked the chair you know what this is it's a snowball and that's just from outside here so it's very very cold out very unseasonal so here mr president catch this It is no secret or scheme or conspiracy that the climate crisis is very much real, very much happening, and very much a threat to not only the U.S., but the entire world. And there are plenty of countries who have shifted to much more sustainable methods, such as renewable energy, in order to bring down their carbon footprint. So I ask myself, why can't the U.S. do the same thing? What is stopping us from simply listening to science and following practices that best suit us? A few days ago, I came across a video on Instagram about Jim Inhofe, and he is, like I said, a senator from Oklahoma who has been labeled the strongest climate crisis denier in the Senate. Some of you might recognize him from a video that went viral of him having picked up a snowball from outside and bringing it into a Senate hearing in order to prove his point that the earth is, quote unquote, not getting any warmer. So... Who really is Jim Inhofe? Jim Inhofe was born pre-World War II in Des Moines, Iowa in 1934. He grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and was even drafted and served in the Army for about a year in Fort Lee, Virginia. After leaving the Army, he lied about getting his degree in economics from the University of Tulsa, and for 35 years in biographies and elsewhere, he continued to lie about his degree and about getting it in 1959, but he didn't actually get it until 1973 when he was already a state senator. He claims he was only a few credits short. However, there are still doubts about whether or not he actually finished his degree. I mean, does a senator really have time to go back to school? Moving forward, Inhofe spent about 30 years as a businessman in land development, insurance, and aviation, including a stint with a life insurance company called Quaker Life Company. Eventually, the company failed, and Inhofe blamed it on the recession. But whatever it really was, stockholders were not happy. They sued him and claimed that the company was mismanaged and that they were deceived. In the end, all of the suits were dropped or settled in the favor of Inhofe. The insurance company's failure ended in a $1.7 million deficit in the Oklahoma Life and Health Insurance Guarantee Association Fund. So just to give you a little more background on his political career, like I said before, he served in the Army between 1957 and 1958. And then in 1967, he won a seat in the Oklahoma House, spending one two-term year before running for governor in 1974 and losing to a Democrat 64% to 36%. Later, he ran for Oklahoma's first congressional district and lost twice in a row. In 1973, he supposedly graduated from Tulsa University. Um, and then in 1978, he served as mayor of Tulsa, winning 
re-election two more times up until 1984. As mayor, he was a big proponent of renewable energy sources like wind and solar, and Inhofe even called on Tolsons in the Tulsa World newspaper in 2014 to enhance their understanding and to dedicate themselves to the development of alternative energy sources. He even said solar energy is bound to be in our future because there's a kind of inevitability about it. In 1987, up until 1994, he was a member of the United States House of Representatives. And then in 1995, up until present day, he remains a U.S. Senator from Oklahoma. But it didn't take long for him to reject all of this. Inhofe ran for the U.S. Senate and won in 1994, where he has been stirring the waters and fueling the flames ever since. He flip-flop on his renewable energy views and no longer thinks renewable energy is a good idea. Um, some think it's unclear why he's become such a climate crisis denier, but really, no, it's not. Over his career, he's been giving a whopping $2.2 million from the oil and gas industry and has ever since repeatedly denied the existence of climate change. Wake up, America, with all the hysteria, all the fear, all the phony science. Could it be that man-made global warming is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on the American people? I believe it is. Inhofe even wrote a book titled The Greatest Hoax, How the Global Warming Conspiracy Threatens Your Future. And in 2003, in an interview with Debbie Jackson, he says numerous studies have shown that global warming can be beneficial to mankind. But no one knows what study he's really referring to. And personally, I think it should be illegal to lie to the American people like this. It's also important to note that Inhofe is aware of the forest fires due to climate change and took it upon himself to fly his gas-guzzling plane over the debris left over from a fire in northwest Oklahoma and comments is saying that he had never seen it that bad. What Inhofe does believe is that God controls the climate. My point is God's still up there. And this is the arrogance of people who think that we, human beings, would be able to change what he is doing in the climate is, to me, outrageous. 97% of actively published scientists believe that climate warming trends over the past 100 years are likely due to human activity. Scientists who Inhofe once sided with before he realized money and power were more important than saving the planet. More recently, on March 30, 2020, 12 senators urged Interior Secretary David Bernhard in a letter to provide relief to extractive companies by suspending or reducing federal royalties, Inhofe included. These same 12 senators have taken in more than $14 million in campaign donations from the oil and gas industry. Granted, it was due to COVID-19 pandemic. However, these same 12 senators are most probably continuously voting for or against legislation that favors gas and oil companies. And just to give you some background on other things he's done in the Senate, he backed the racist birther conspiracy that claimed Barack Obama was not born in the U.S. 
a theory very quickly debunked, and he also voted no on adding sexual orientation to the definition of hate crimes, as well as voting no on prohibiting job discrimination by sexual orientation. So, if you haven't figured it out yet, you might be asking yourself, what does this have to do with ethics? Immanuel Kant was a German philosopher who studied dentological or duty-based ethics, which is concerned with what people do, not with the consequences of their actions. The word deontological comes from the Greek word dion, which means duty. Duty-based ethics are usually what people are talking about when they refer to the principle of the thing. Duty-based ethics teaches that some acts are right or wrong because of the sorts of things they are, and people have a duty to act accordingly, regardless of the good or bad consequences that may be produced. This is a little different from the term consequentialism, which is closely associated with philosopher Jeremy Bentham, John Stuart Mill, and Henry Sidgwick. Consequentialism is an ethical theory that holds that the consequences of one's conduct are the ultimate basis for any judgment about the rightness or wrongness of that conduct. So, from a consequentialist standpoint, a morally right act is one that will produce a good outcome. Consequentialists begin by considering what things are good and identify right actions as the ones that produce the maximum of those good things. Dentologists first consider what actions are right and move, move forward from there. And for the record, this is what they do in practice, but it isn't really the starting point of dentological thinking. Overall, both theories are rooted in the same thing. You do the right thing, you do it because it's the right thing to do, and you don't do wrong things, and you avoid them because they are wrong. So now you might be asking yourself, what does any of this have to do with climate change? There remains a minority of scientists and politicians who claim that there is no evidence for the human impact of global warming. The so-called climate crisis deniers believe that policies to reduce emissions of climate-altering gases will have a de devastating effect on jobs and the overall economy. Many times what happens is that people like Jim Inhofe, some nobody senator from Oklahoma, is now in a position of power and chooses to warp climate change science to benefit his own political, social, and capital gain. As a senator, he needs to do what is right for his constituents and for the country overall. The inaction or denial of climate change will cause severe consequences for the poorest people in the world and will ultimately put the human species at risk. Jim Inhofe and countless others are not doing what is right. I'm sure there are a lot of oil and gas companies that try and contribute to programs or charities that help with the after effects of climate change, but that's not enough. That's like treating a gunshot wound with a band-aid. The world is bleeding out, and sure, we can do our part by recycling and thrifting and banning single-use plastics, but until seemingly insignificant people like Jim Inhofe start putting people, human lives first, the planet will continue to bleed out, gasping for air after every wildfire, flood, hurricane, and so on. This podcast episode was an assignment for my intro to ethics class brought to you by your host, me, Karina Garcia. That's all for today on my pretend podcast. It's the principle of the thing. <laughs>